0: Just because companies are laying people off, it doesn't mean that they don't need someone to fill that spot. And so they are hiring maybe VAs in the U.S., maybe VAs overseas, and that's vice versa, no matter where they're at. But need and the growth is just increased, especially with the knowledge of what virtual assistants are, what virtual assistants can do, and those who are already set up to work in that capacity.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future but most importantly, on the opportunities they are creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everyone. Did you know the demand for personal virtual assistance is growing worldwide? More importantly, Do you know how to succeed as a personal virtual assistant or how to choose a PVA if that's one of your business's needs? My guest expert, Melissa Smith, is an expert on all things related to PVAs. Listen as she shares her vast knowledge and expertise with us. To learn more about Melissa, please listen to the episode and check the show notes. Now before we get started, I want to say a few words about our sponsor, Superpass. Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code LOOKINGFORWARD, all one word, all caps, LOOKINGFORWARD, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. And hey, if you want us to mention your organization on the show, please contact us for more details. Okay, let's get started. Well, hi, Melissa. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers.
0: Thanks for having me back, Jeff.
1: Well, I love having Looking Forward alum because that means that they were excellent guests and they have great topics and you check both those boxes. So it's a delight to have you back on. You happen to be an expert on the virtual assistant field. For those who missed your first appearance on Looking Forward, which was quite a while ago, can you please let them know and perhaps remind others who did hear you about what defines a virtual assistant as opposed to just a a regular freelancer, consultant, whatever?
0: So when we're talking about virtual assistants, the first thing we're talking about are business owners. So a lot of people will come to me and want to be matched with my clients because that's what I do. I match clients to the right virtual assistant. And they'll still have a job or they'll be doing this on the side. And I tell them, that's great for you. Awesome. It's not a good fit for my clients. My clients are looking for business owners, someone who does this, someone who's not going to be leaving the field, someone who knows how to run a business because that is part of how you retain someone. So my retention rate for clients, doing it for nine years, doing it paid for eight years. And I have clients working with their V's for four to eight years. Wow. And the difference is, when you are a freelancer, when you're doing it on the side, the work that you're doing is not what's in question. What's happening is we're talking about how long, how committed are you to this? How easy can you pop in and out? Do you know what it's like to run a business? And that includes the stress, the pressure, the marketing, the getting clients, the business model, the boundaries, knowing who your ideal client is, knowing who they're not, knowing how to put up those things knowing one had to onboard someone instead of having them take the reins. All those things are so important because there is a huge difference between being an employee or someone who just comes in and, and do what's told versus coming in as a business owner and being able to, in the simplest of the terms, stick up for yourself and say, I could do that, but I'm going to do it differently than you're wanting me to do it. And here's why. Knowing what's not a good Client for you and being able to say, you know what, that's a great idea. I'm not the person for you. Here are some resources that may be better for you. Knowing that although you really want this money, you're not going to be able to serve this client without burning yourself out in the same way. These are all things that business owners have to do that someone who is contracting and freelancing just doesn't have to do in the same way. It is a much more relatable experience, business owner to business owner to be able to be in that position. Now, at the heart of like, why a VA? Why do we call ourselves that? Why don't we call ourselves other things? Well, it's much by how we identify. And it is because we identify as someone who is going to be able to anticipate your needs. And that is the distinction of a good assistant, the ability to anticipate your needs. Like you really appreciate when Amazon is like, hey, you ordered this before. Do you need to order this again? You haven't ordered it in a while. That makes your life easier. You're like, oh, I love it. Yes, yes, I do. Thanks for saving me that step. That's what an assistant will do. And an assistant will do that across many different verticals. The freelancer, the contractor, the client is delegating to them. They have projects or assignments. So there's not this constant back and forth. Now, not everyone identifies as a VA, even though they may be doing quote unquote VA work. But if we're getting down to the core of it, if someone's not anticipating your needs, then they're not an assistant. They're just doing some form of work that could be very valuable, but not an assistant type of way.
1: That is really interesting. I've never heard it described that way before. You probably did a few years ago, but I didn't remember that exactly. I'm curious about what are the different kinds of roles that this VA might play You're talking about a keyword here, anticipating. They anticipate the needs of their client. Does that run the gamut or are there certain areas where, well, a VA really might only want to do these things. They don't try to do the whole gamut of things.
0: Well, there's definitely a specialization because you don't want to spread yourself thin, right? Because part of that anticipating is creating process systems, templates, automations. We love computer software programs ai just as much as the next person yeah. right we don't want to do those tedious things anymore either so we love those types of things and it's you're able to do that if you have a niche vertical now it doesn't have to be industry specific it could be mindset specific so for like myself for my clients they run all different industries i can tell my client by their mindset and their mindset says I don't have the time to get this right. I can't afford to get this wrong. Please do this for me and make me feel really good about it. And so everything I have is templated to that client. It's not templated to another type of client. So I'm able to take on and do those things, but that's my also specific niche. So when we're talking about that anticipation, it could be as an executive assistant, which I would say is the more traditional way that we see assistance like in the office, like emails, calendaring, travel, bookkeeping, board minutes, presentations, all those types of things. Well, now you have the whole entrepreneur, solopreneur field. So we have podcasting, online courses, blogs, websites, summits, funnels, all those things have a specific VA and a specific person who can do that. And so within those realms, you'll have a full-service... VA model, and you'll have a specific service, one service VA model. And really, the difference is how big does this person want to grow their business? What is their level of comfort? How many people do they want to have on their team? How many clients do they want to take on? Things like that. So from a podcasting, kind of holistic, you could start with getting guests, setting reminders to guests, scheduling guests, producing it, editing... Breaking it down, sound bites, clips, social media, transcript, putting it out, social media, following, tweets, full circle to repurpose it again, and then follow up with the guests again. Now, you may have a company that can do all that in one, but there are many companies, both VA and not, that specialize in one single area of that.
1: This leads us perfectly into talking about how things have changed since you were last on. What has changed? What are you seeing that's new and different?
0: VAs are tasked with knowing what's out there because we're tasked on the client already deciding what they're going to have most of the time before they hire us. And so we have to know, do we know this system? Do we like this system? Can we use this system? Have we ever heard of it? So back in the day, someone might say, do you have a can-do attitude? Which meant, can you use a software platform? Literally, when I went to school, I learned one software platform. It was called MOM. It for medical office manager. Wow. All there was.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It was a can-do attitude. <laughs> now, what you're looking for in assistant is someone who has figured out ability. Can you figure this out? And so that kind of leads into... The next thing I was going to mention is the curation of results. There's so many things so many platforms so many options where do you go there's the top 10 lists are constantly coming out and before you might have a top 10 list at the end of the year or maybe at the beginning of the year and now they're coming out in january in june in may in august because so many things are happening that they're constantly having to review so curated lists are a huge trend that we're seeing And they're also huge business as well.
1: How about on the demand side of the equation? Have things changed since you were last on in terms of acceptance of virtual assistants, the the need for them, the demand for them? Has that changed at all?
0: Yes, and it is. We're in high demand more than ever before, particularly in this economy. So whether it's the company, employer, Entrepreneur, solopreneur, brick and mortar. This is global. This is not US centric at all. Everyone is hiring less, but hiring more contractors. Right. So hiring is people are in flux, right? They're like, oh, this company's making so much money. This thing's happening. But the difference is when you have employees, is that there's a stress. You don't want to hire people that you think you might have to lay off. You hire contractors, you take the stress out of it. You know how long they're going to be working for you. You have the option of re-upping that. Fewer costs because you're not paying all these taxes and other fees. It's much easier because just because companies are laying people off, it doesn't mean that they don't need someone to fill that spot. And so they are hiring maybe VAs in the U.S., maybe VAs overseas, and that's vice versa, no matter where they're at. But need and the growth is just increased, especially with the knowledge of what virtual assistants are, what virtual assistants can do, and those who are already set up to work in that capacity.
1: It's so fascinating because it used to be that one of the primary reasons why you used a contract or a consultant. I was a consultant once, you didn't have to pay benefits. That was like mm-hmm. a big I don't have to provide them benefits. But now you've pointed this new layer which is, you don't have to worry about, well, I may need to lay them off or fire them or whatever it is. It does take the stress out of it. And it's interesting to hear you say, because we are very globally focused here on looking for this is not just the US centric or North American thing. This is actually happening all over the world, this growth, whether it's the people overseas, businesses overseas who are hiring VAs or here in North America. You're seeing it all over the place.
0: There's a great book called Ampida. And the author talks about what happened during COVID. Companies immediately started looking at their bottom line. What's necessary, what's not necessary. And so what did they do? Start taking out the travel, the discretionary travel, the discretionary spending. And he said, why is this not all the time? Why do we do this all the time? Right. And so what we saw is that in hiring VAs, people did it because they thought, well, this is we're going to be lean. We're going to be that lean team. And we're only spending what we need. And then what happens? You're like, well, why wouldn't we do this all the time? We know we have ups and downs and ebbs and flows in our business. We know we're going to need more people. if We have a new product launch or a new service or a new offering or during a certain season, just like accountants, right? We know we're going to need more people during tax season. Then another season, we don't need them year round. Let's just bring them in when we need them. Health insurance companies have been using virtual assistants for decades. Wow, They have been also remote for decades. Why? Because they have always focused on their bottom line and the money coming in. So it's actually not new, even in very highly regulated fields.
1: Very interesting to know that. I hadn't thought about that. And I spent a lot of my career in the health industry And actually, in the beginning of my career in Medicare. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it. And about looking forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services My Business provides. These include podcast hosting creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Melissa, as you know, Looking Forward's primary focus is on opportunities. We like to let people know where are there opportunities out there for them. So based on your expertise, which is clearly in the area of virtual assistants and the virtual assistant role, what opportunities do you see for any of the following groups? Job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, businesses, or investors?
0: So to me, they're all part of the same ecosystem. Okay. And so you can really fill the gap where you want to be. We always should be looking forward. And when you're looking forward, you should be following the money trail. It doesn't mean you have to go down that same path, but you want to see where that money's flowing and where it's not flowing anymore. And when we're thinking about looking forward, what's the future going to look like? Where's my opportunity? Well, start where your interest lies. So the magic question is, what? do I do so easily that if someone were to ask me to do it, I wouldn't even know what to charge. Mm -hmm. So start there. Expand. Don't leave it there. However you like to brainstorm, I like to write things out. I like to put boards up because you're trying to look for any kind of pattern and you're trying to go somewhere. The problem is we can't go somewhere that doesn't exist yet. There was no virtual assistant matchmaker when I started my business. There were DA agencies. They were virtual assistants. I didn't like those business models. It's why it took me a year to realize I'm going to do something that no one's done before. If someone had done it, I could have just tweaked it and it would have been much easier. But where did I start? Well, let's see. I started years ago as an assistant. I honed those skills. Then I dove into startups in that field and I read books and I talked to people and I went to events and I met people and I started wiggling around in that space, which made me comfortable talking to those people as business owners who are now my clients, who now I consult with. I did end up working for a startup later. They hired me on as a consultant. So you start where you are because that's natural. You can take any path that you want. I just Googled. Where's the startup money going in 2023? Follow the money show. And just to name off a couple areas that are getting big funding, a company that got $30 billion was SoftBank Asia. And they are into technology, lots of technology. Think about how this works. So there's other, there's a company called Two Red Beans. It's a Chinese dating app. There's all kinds of dating apps out there. There's another one called Three Your Mind and that's end-to-end manufacturing solutions. So when you're in manufacturing, development, logistics, you name it. And then there's also a company called Logan Tech, and that's augmented alternative communication devices. When we think about that, and then we think about, okay, well, where I am right now? Well, maybe you're into remote work. Maybe there's like an OSHA attorney out there. We haven't even begun to see the lawsuits that are going to come from remote working yet hate to be the bearer of bad news, but paralegal, paralegal for specifically for remote work is also going to go up. Research and repurposing, content has never been created faster, which means that the researching and the repurposing of it is going to take it to a next level. Then think about pharma. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like, you know what? When I think of pharma. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to take my medicine. You can look at something and say, what's the opposite of that? Well, maybe you are someone who curates the information that you find that you don't like about pharma, and then you put it out there. So now people can make different decisions, and maybe they need healthcare or alternative medicine options, but they don't even know where to look, and you have that curated list for them. Maybe there's neurodivergent. That's a whole different (laughs) other thing. You could have curated lists of that and different ways to serve. But what we're looking at is the spokes on a wheel, right? the spokes on a wheel. And it's no different than creating your own recipe. If everyone gets a piece of chicken and says, you make something with this chicken, we're all going to make something different. But it all started from the same source. Now, we might have someone who's vegan or vegetarian listening. They're like, oh, I would never start with that. Great. Start where you are. Start where you are and start thinking about it. I look at the spokes on the wheel and I look for the spoke that's going to go to how does this serve the employee? How does this work with the remote worker? How does this manage communications? Who is this for? Who is it not for? Those are the places that I want to go. What? How does this become t- part of the hiring process? Who gets to see that? And that's where I go. And then the other parts about it are looking for those opportunities. Because we don't always see things as opportunities, which is why If you're not interested in it, just because there's money there, it's probably not the best path to follow, right? You want to do something that really fascinates you and interests you and is fun. You can then monetize it later. So I wouldn't consider myself a natural entrepreneur. I used to think, wow, I'm meeting everyone's client but my own. And then I thought, well, what if they are my client? Because I was meeting people and educating them on virtual assistants, what we do, how we could help them. And at the end of the conversation, they'd say, can I hire you? And I would say, no. And they would look at me like, I was crazy. Yeah. But I would tell them, I'm just not that type of VA. And they would say, well, where does one find that type of VA? I thought, gosh, I know tons of people. So I began making introductions like that for about a year. And then I had the light bulb moment. And I thought, I wonder if someone would pay me to do this. So I tried it and they did. And that's how my business was born. Yeah. So understanding things like that. And if a lot of people are asking you to do the same thing, Again, lean into that. And if you are in one of these spaces where you are like wanting to explore, you're going to have to come up with lots of ideas and you're going to have to be around people who support those ideas. So being part of some kind of networking group, brain trust, mastermind, you name it, you need people in that space who aren't going to tell you someone already did that. Because really no one's doing anything Severely knew that it, that we're going to know about by the time it trickles down to us. Everyone's changing it just that three percent, and so three percent they call that actually a seismic shift. And you can lay back and know, okay, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can just take it, look for my spoke on there, and then find something. Now, maybe you are that entrepreneur who said, "No, I am <laughs> re the wheel." Yeah by all means, go for it and people will then find you doing that. And that where that entrepreneur comes in, then comes the investor, then come the employees, the freelancers, the contractors, the the virtual assistants. It's all in there. It's part of your own ecosystem. And so as an assistant, and if you're a freelancer or a contractor, we're looking to make our way into someone's ecosystem. That's your goal. That's your goal. If you find the ecosystem, the opportunities, everything else will come. If you're an entrepreneur or investor, then you're looking to create an ecosystem. And then you are really a party of one. You have to be a special um, person <laughs> to do that. Oh, yeah. And chances are that's you already. So if you identify as that, by all means, go for it. And then you will attract those people to you naturally because they will have your share vision But only you can do what you do and everyone becomes part of that. And now you're basically creating your own village.
1: So the idea that I'm getting from this is this need for virtual assistants is not going away. It's only going to grow. And people who might be interested in becoming virtual assistants or perhaps already are need to find their space. They need to find their place within it all, what their skill set is, what they like to do within their comfort zone. And the others who are within this uh, realm, such as the investors and the entrepreneurs, they're the ones who really will be looking to latch on to or connect with these virtual assistants. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Because it's the old saying, but it's worth saying that the jobs of the future, we don't know what those are yet. Imagine telling someone 20 years ago, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm just gonna post reels on the gram. They would be. Like, what in the world are you talking about? And then even if you could explain it to them, maybe 15 or 10 years ago, saying, "I don't know about that. I don't know how you're ever gonna make the Forbes 30 Under 30 list by putting on makeup." Yeah, that's a real thing, and those are real people on that Forbes 30 Under 30 yeah.
1: list. Yeah, yeah. You've given us some of these already, Melissa. What would be some very concrete tips? that you could give to individuals who would be pursuing the field or perhaps already in it and maybe they need to find a better space or pivot. And maybe you even want to talk a little bit about the people on the other side who might be looking for a virtual assistant.
0: So one, starting a virtual assistant business is very much a lifestyle business. So determine what type of lifestyle you want to have and build a business around that. If not, what you're more likely to do is to create another nine to five for yourself, which is Mm -hmm. fine if that fits your schedule and your lifestyle. But if that's not what you want, you're going to have to reverse engineer that or fall into that trap. Another thing that you're going to need to do is again, pare down, niche, get super specific. People will add on, they'll attract, they'll get more. But think about people who are hungry for a taco or a hamburger. Where are they going? you want a taco, you're not going to McDonald's. So get really specific about what it is that you want to do and who it is you want to serve. Now, that's often hard because once you've been doing it, especially if you're coming from that EA background, the idea of paring down seems like madness. And just to be clear, Jeff, when I say EA, I'm talking about executive assistant. And in the world of virtual assistants, we call it an EVA, executive virtual assistant. I have been through this process. I know what I speak about. It feels awful and it feels wrong. And you're like, who would hire me to do less and pay me more? But it's a real thing. Now, one way that you can get out of your own way is to ask the people around you, co-workers, friends, family, your bosses, supervisors, whoever. If you didn't know what I did for a living, what would you think I did? I had people tell me, oh, you would be events. You would be events. And I'm like, okay, I really need to like rebrand myself because I do not want to do events. But what is it that they think I'm so good about events? Because I like the people. I like working with the people. So how can I switch that? And then from there, start working on your prices. This is a business understand what it's going to take to keep you in business. If your idea is that businesses don't make money for the first two years here in business, you will not be in business. You will have a really expensive hobby. So those are some real basics to start. And then the last one is network, network. Don't just rely on people coming to find you. We've talked about information so much here. There's so much out there. Be the person who reaches out to other people. Now for the clients hiring the VA, what you first want to do is understand how you communicate best. Because if you don't communicate in your preferred manner and your preferred style, then you won't communicate at all, which makes it feel like the process isn't working. And the next part is you need to understand, does this person want to work with me? Am I their ideal? So an extreme example would be if you are an attorney, for instance, You don't want to hire someone who thinks all attorneys are like shysters. You want to hire someone who thinks like, you're doing the greater good. You're upholding the law. You're you're doing things that make a difference for other people. And you want someone who supports that. And that matches every industry you're in. You wouldn't have someone on the Looking Forward podcast that'd be like, oh, that's never going to work. That'll never take off. Like that's (laughs) the the future is doomed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like you wouldn't Absolutely want to you not.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you want to match those. And from there, then determine the skills that the person needs or the figured out ability that you want them to have. So certainly there are certain fields that you want people that are skilled already. So if you're in medical, legal, real estate, they have their own lingo. Other fields, not so much. But you can pare down and say, I want someone who works at the speed of startup. I want someone who understands the corporate vibe. Because they'll come in with that. And then a lot of the other stuff they will learn. And it's just taking what they already know and put it into something else. But now you can just get specific as possible, but it doesn't matter how good they are, how much they know, how specific they are. If you can't communicate with them well and often, and if you are not their ideal.
1: Does it matter from your experience, Melissa, if somebody's in a different time zone a vastly different time zone I'll just use English as an example. They may speak English, but it's not their primary language. Can that be a real problem or is that not really a great obstacle?
0: So again, it goes back to that communication. What level and what style of communication? If someone is going to be, let's say, answering emails on your behalf, presenting board minutes on your behalf, drafting things, that might be a a bigger concern. The turnaround time is also might be of concern. A lot of work is asynchronous. So maybe you don't have an issue with a 12-hour, or 13-hour time difference. But there's a lot to be said for knowing yourself. How do you want to communicate? And that's manner, medium, tone, verbiage, right? That's where we start. I know for myself, when I send something out, I don't like to have a lot of questions back. I also want a response. Within 24 hours, I don't need a solution. I don't need it to be done. But I want someone to tell me received. I just want to know they got it. And so those are the types of things that I look for in an assistant. Now, that wouldn't work for me if someone was overseas. That's not going to work for me. It also doesn't work for me personally to have people who are overseas because typically there's more delegation. Of course, we're, we're talking general. We're talking statistically. This is not across the board. And I'm not a person who wants to train other people. When I hire someone, I want you to know way more than I do about it. I want you to actually tell me what to do. Because I'm not a good manager and I don't like to delegate. So if you're thinking about what that looks like as well for your communication, understand, do you like to delegate? Are you a good manager? Have you enjoyed managing? The fact is, is managing, you have to manage the people, processes, and systems as well as the outcomes. None of those things spark anything in my heart but dread. You know, think about that. And that's both whether you're hiring in the country or the state that you're in or abroad. And the reason why there's more questions is because it's a cultural difference for both like how people work and environments, as well as what's local there and how they interact there. So for instance, even in the States, someone who works in New York, Versus someone who works in the South, that's a very different type of person you're working for and working with. Like in the South, you might say, oh, here's the address for it. In New York, you might tell someone these are the cross streets for you. So even the littlest of nuances can make a big difference. Again, think about all those things and then tailor into that. Does this matter for the work that I'm going to have you do, right? For some of my work, just doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter when it's done. I don't have deadlines. Yeah, Let's just do it. Let's just get it done. I feel more confident telling someone how to do it. And But if I have anything within me that says, I'm not sure I'm going to need the person to lead me, then I'm going to need a person who I can hop on the phone with almost immediately to let's just talk it out real quick rather than send emails back and forth.
1: Which obviously takes a lot more time. I want to have you wind up by telling people how they could get in touch with you and learn more about the Association of Virtual Assistants and whatever else you think they need to know about, Melissa. Having said that, I also want to say that there is another opportunity here, and that is the opportunity to do what you've done, which is you've actually created a business that helps people find virtual assistants. It's a matchmaking service. I don't know if you're unique in doing that, but that's an entrepreneurial thing right there that relates to VAs. Let's have you talk a little bit about that before we close out.
0: Yeah, the the PVA is my own curated custom boutique service, if you will. There's a lot of options out there to find virtual assistants and those options are just overwhelming for my clients. So I do all the work for them. I conduct all the interviews, I do all the reference checks, I help them with proposals and contracts, I do the background check, and I offer a three-month guarantee. If it doesn't work out within the first three months, I'll match them at no charge. But I have a 98% successful match rate. So that does not happen often. Wow. And so people can get a hold of me at PVA.com or Melissa at PVA.com. Virtual assistants reach out to me as well for coaching and training on how to start a business or if you've already started a business, how to make it more successful. And you can also reach me on LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn, Melissa Smith, the PVA. I'm there and I have free resources. So my mission is just that everyone who wants to hire the right virtual assistant has the opportunity to do so. So I have a book, Hire the Right VA, but also comes with a complimentary workbook, which shares my complete detailed process. And then I also have a workbook for virtual assistants and a book for them become a successful virtual assistant. I really try to create my own ecosystem as well. How can we all get together and work together successfully?
1: Wow, you've really put together a whole litany of tools for people, books, etc. Handbooks that will help people find a VA, get a job as a VA. The organization, again, your business is the PVA, and what does that stand for?
0: It stands for the Personal Virtual Assistant.
1: The Personal Virtual Assistant, and the website, again, for that?
0: ThePVA.com.
1: ThePVA.com. Okay. Melissa, this has been wonderful. It's great having you on again. You are so on top of what's happening. And what's fascinating about listening to you is... You have a very global macroscopic view of what's going on in the world. You're looking at not only VAs, but as Wayne Gretzky said, you're skating to where the puck is going. You're looking at where things are going to. You're looking forward. It's great to have you back again. And thanks for sharing all those great pieces of information and wisdom.
0: Uh, Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's always a great time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward, or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.